The Bible Study Podcast, episode 711. Today, the Bible Study Podcast continues the study of the book of 1 Corinthians with chapter 13. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Christensen. I suspect this is the best-known chapter in 1 Corinthians, and one of the best-known chapters in the Bible because this is often read at weddings. And so let's look at 1 Corinthians 13. It's not a very long chapter. It's only 13 verses long. If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all my possessions to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it does not dishonor others, it is not self-seeking, It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. But where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part, but when completeness comes... What is in part disappears. When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I I put the ways of childhood behind me. For now we see only a reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part. Then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. This is a great chapter, and there's a reason why we read it. There is a reason why we like it. And, of course, that part that you're probably the most familiar with is that love is patient, love is kind, which is a great part. And if you want to read at your wedding, do so with my blessings. It's a terrific way to talk about love. But in the context of 1 Corinthians, we have to remember that this fits between chapter 12 and 14, talking about spiritual gifts and the body of Christ. And so that first part there is the part that ties it together. He's been talking about spiritual gifts and desiring the spiritual gifts and that God gives the gifts as he determines for the building up of the body. And then he gets into this chapter and he's still talking about spiritual gifts. If I speak in tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love, I'm a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. So he's saying you can get all puffed up because of what gifts you have. You can get all puffed up for a number of reasons. He's saying it doesn't matter what gifts you have. It doesn't matter what you can do. It doesn't matter even what, you know, I can give all of my possessions to the poor and my body to hardship that I may boast, but if I have love, I gain nothing. He's saying love is the most important thing. And the body of Christ will be better, would be better if we were all about love. 
And I don't know if you've talked to a lot of non-Christians these days, but when they think of Christians, they don't necessarily think of love first. And that hurts the ministry of the body of Christ, that we as a people aren't first and foremost known for our love. Because that's what Paul says is the most important thing. Our love for one another, but also our love for those outside the body. So that's the context here of this chapter. And so when we start with that, that I can know all the prophecies, I can be gifts and ministries, but if I don't have love, I am a nothing. Then it's important to keep that in mind when we read those other parts, that better known part. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. Love is not all about you. Love is not all about me. Love is about others. And when we are loving people, our first concern is others. Others in the body, but also others not like us. And how much we are loving is really tied up in how much we treat people not like us. I don't know if you remember that story from the Gospels where somebody comes to Jesus and says, you know, what is the greatest commandment? He says, love the Lord your God and love your neighbor as yourself. And he says, who is my neighbor? Because he wants to justify himself, we are told. He wants to know that he is loving the right people. Because the reason he asks that is he doesn't want to love the wrong people. He doesn't want to bother to love people if he doesn't have to. And Jesus tells the story of that Samaritan, that half-breed, that outsider, that other, that person you wouldn't even eat with if you were Jewish. And he is the hero of that story of the Good Samaritan, that person who is robbed on the road and beaten up and left for dead, and the religious people walk right by him. But this Good Samaritan... We say it now because we're familiar with it. And so good Samaritan, Samaritan means good to us, but it meant outsider to the people who Jesus was talking to. And so he's saying, yes, the greatest commandment is to love God and to love your neighbor, but your neighbor is the people not like you. So here, love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud. It's not about me. And it's, taking the time to do the right thing. Patient, kind. If you're looking for a life partner and you find someone who is kind, that's a really great start. How they treat other people. Just even if you're looking for someone to work with you, I remember interviewing someone and they were just really condescending for the person in HR because they didn't think that person mattered to the decision-making process, and I wanted to walk them to the door immediately because that kind of person is not the kind of person you want to work with. You want to work with people. You want to be around people who are kind. It does not envy. That's a hard one. We want to celebrate the victories of our friends, and we want to celebrate their successes, but sometimes there are times that we wanted that. That could have been ours. That could have been our promotion. I wanted that trip. Why does he have that and I don't? But if we love, we can celebrate the success of others. 
It does not boast. It understands that everyone has a gift from God and that everyone is part of the body. It's not that hand who is saying to that foot, you don't belong. It's not that eye that thinks that it's the most important thing. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It's not self-seeking. It's not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. These are the kind of people I want to be around. People who respect other people, even when they're different. People who are looking out for the best for you and for me and for others and have the patience and aren't easily angered. You don't walk around them like you're walking on eggshells. And you know that if you do screw up, that you won't hear about it tomorrow and next week and the week after and a month later and next year. But how many of us treat other people that way? God doesn't treat us that way. God forgives. God is not easily angered. And certainly Christ was not self-seeking as he hung on the cross for my sin. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. We are supposed to be people of the truth. The truth is important. And lies come from their father, the devil. Love always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. This has been a year where perseverance has been needed. This has been a year where trust is in short supply and hope has been forlorn. And yet we are called as the people of God to bring hope, to bring perseverance, to instill trust, and to protect those who need protecting. Love never fails. Where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. And he's talking about gifts again. Did you notice that? This really whole thing is talking about the church and how we treat one another is a big part of this. He says all of those other things, all those things that you think in Corinth, the church that he's writing to, are all so important. And those of you who think you are so important because you have this gift or because you have that gift and that other person doesn't, he says, they're all going to pass away. But love, he said, love, love is what matters. Love is what remains. Love never fails. Give me the person, he's saying, who loves over the person who can preach that sermon, over the person who has gifts of knowledge, over the person who can speak in tongues, over the person who has prophecies. He says, give me the person who loves instead. That's the person we're called to be. And he says, when I was a child, I talked like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. He's telling the people of Corinth that when they are focused on themselves, They're like that infant who wakes up in the middle of the night at 3 a.m. and doesn't care who's asleep because they need something now. And we're supposed to outgrow that self-centered behavior. It's fine in babies. It's not so attractive in adults. Put away our childish things and become people of love. He says, for now we see a reflection as in a mirror, and then we shall see face to face. Now we know in part, and then I will know fully and be fully known. When I stand before the throne of grace, when I stand before God and know what love really is, love will remain. Love 
will be love is the greatest force on earth and in the church of Christ especially and we are called to be foremost utmost people of love and with that we're going to end this episode of the Bible study podcast if you have any questions send an email to host at the Bible study podcast.com or better yet leave a comment on this episode at the Bible study podcast.com and thanks so much for listening you're tired of parenting advice and news headlines that are more confusing than assembling Ikea furniture, we've got just the podcast for you. My dear friend, Abby and I are here to help you navigate the parenting roller coaster. Should your kids be on social media? What should you tell a friend facing an unplanned pregnancy? These are just some of the many questions we tackle on our podcast. Subscribe to The Real Deal of Parenting wherever you find your podcast.